0: Welcome to Ministry in Motion, where we explore best practices for your ministry in the 21st century. Whether you're a pastor, an elder, or a congregational leader, Ministry in Motion is for you.
1: I'm Anthony Kent. And I'm Derek Morris. And we're just happy you joined us today for a very practical topic, comprehensive evangelism. Anthony as I was looking at that title I was wondering is it talking about the scope of evangelism in other words globally or different types of evangelism well actually Derek it's both scope and size and we're, we're
0: particularly looking at it and focusing on big cities you know the, the cities are just getting larger and larger we had a program earlier on this topic on on the the big cities and the the growth of them, the impact on ministry. But today we're looking at comprehensive evangelism in those big cities.
1: And who's our guest?
0: I'm excited about this. Pastor Ted Wilson. He's the the leader of the Seventh-day Adventist Church at the General Conference, the Worldwide Church. And uh, this is a topic
1: that's very dear to his heart. Now, I I seem to remember that uh, Ted Wilson began his ministry in New York City. Yes, yes.
0: And I think that's had a profound and significant impact, positive impact, upon his ministry, Derek.
1: Well, I'm looking forward to some practical insights that will help our Ministry in Motion viewers to to be the leaders God's calling them to be. Exactly.
0: And we're delighted that you've joined us as well. Stay with us. We'll be right back with more of Ministry in Motion. Welcome back to Ministry in Motion, where our special guest today is Pastor Ted Wilson, the leader of the Adventist Church worldwide. Pastor Wilson, welcome to Ministry in Motion.
2: Thank you very much,
0: Anthony. It's a privilege to be here. Oh, we're delighted to have you. Thank you. The topic that we'd like to explore with you today is comprehensive evangelism, particularly with an eye to the big cities of the world. Let me ask you to begin with, Pastor Wilson, how, what,
2: what, is, what is comprehensive evangelism? Well, you know, I think we have to follow Christ's method in approaching the enormous population groups. Now, admittedly, during Christ's lifetime, he never left uh, the Palestine area, but there were large cities, relatively speaking. And Christ ministered to people where they were. Yes. And I am particularly drawn to Matthew chapter 9. Mm -hmm. and verses 35 and to the end of the chapter, uh, which very specifically say that Jesus went about all the cities and villages. Now it says all the cities and villages. He, He had a burden for people in these large population centers. And what did he do? Well he did three specific things. He was teaching, preaching and healing, so teaching in their synagogues, preaching the gospel of the kingdom, healing every sickness and every disease among them. And then the 36th verse of Matthew 9 says, when he saw the multitudes, he was moved with compassion uh, because they fainted and they were scattered, they were sheep having no shepherd. Mm -hmm. As we work in these great population centers, and we need to understand that now, as of about three years ago, the world population has more people living in cities than in the country for the first time in this earth's history. In the past we were more of an agrarian, rural society, now more than fifty percent. And predictions are that within another number of years, uh, perhaps by two thousand fifty or so, seventy percent of the world's population will live in the big cities. That's an extraordinary growth. So, comprehensive urban evangelism is an effort to follow Christ's methods of teaching, preaching, healing, mm-hmm. trying to help people in a very particular way to draw them to those things which are of eternal value. You know, a lot of people in the city are very focused on uh, activities for their own profit, for uh, survival whatever it is yes and many times they are not really cognizant of the fact that the greatest need is a spiritual one but as seventh day adventists regardless of whether we're working in cities or not we believe in a a complete or comprehensive approach physically mentally socially and spiritually mm-hmm. so that's why we are engaged in a comprehensive approach not just fly in hold a public meeting slip out the back door and leave people where they are but a comprehensive approach that involves every kind of aspect of health of uh... helping people uh, physically and socially and spiritually that will then ultimately point them to christ and the one who can bring them abundant life exactly
0: you know listening to the, the, the <coughs> comprehensive nature of, of your description of comprehensive evangelism one of the key things that really stuck in my mind was responding to the needs of people and even to a need that they may not even be aware of, but responding to the needs that they do have. Is is that a, a true summary Pastor Wilson?
2: Absolutely. Uh, we all know that people have specific needs uh, they don't always interpret them as being spiritual needs in the final analysis, but in reality Uh, When you look at scripture, when you see that someone who came for physical healing, or at least his friends thought he was wanting physical healing, when Jesus spoke to him and said, your sins are forgiven, he was at peace. And then Christ healed him. You know, I'm drawn to another beautiful passage in Luke chapter 4, uh, verses 18 and 19, particularly verse 18, which is actually a citation from the book of Isaiah, Mm -hmm. and Jesus himself went to the synagogue and stood up to read about his own ministry and this ministry is incredible because it says the spirit of the Lord is upon me he's anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor uh, heal the brokenhearted deliverance to the captives recovery of sight to the blind set at liberty those that are are bruised you see the Lord's work was to bring people from where they were into a newness of life and the Lord's told us that he will give us life and give it more abundantly and that includes every facet so when we have community outreach when we're trying to help those who maybe don't have enough to live on they don't have enough food to eat uh, maybe they're in prison maybe they don't have uh, a father in the home or a mother yes. uh, maybe they're orphans uh, maybe they're challenged with educational situations. If we are helping people in a very particular way to find meaning in life and thereby eventually pointing them to the source of yes. all life, then we're doing Christ's ministry.
0: Yes, and it seems as though if, if the majority of the world's population are moving into the cities, they don't leave their needs behind in the the rural places that they left. Their needs go with them and so we're responding to those needs in a a compassionate way modeling exactly what Jesus was called to do himself.
2: In fact, unfortunately, Anthony, many times when people move into very urban areas their needs and their problems are compounded rather than being solved. God really never intended for people to live in tightly packed cities as we know them Uh, yes he's preparing a holy city for us but it will be orderly it'll be beautiful he'll also prepare country homes for us but to have people jammed into small apartments living on top of each other with no outreach or openness to the natural world is not God's plan so all kinds of complicating things happen where you don't have the Spirit of the Lord in people's hearts in major cities Yeah, you know this this almost is
0: describing a rescue mission to to help people in the
2: circumstances that they feel as though they've been driven into. Yeah, absolutely and it's it's something that we need to feel impelled to do. When we're in connection with the Lord we will want to focus our attention on where the people are and to minister to them. There's so many wonderful people in the cities but so many people who simply don't know what life is all about and when a, a wonderful Christian comes up to them, a Seventh-day Adventist who just exudes the beauty of a relationship with Christ. Uh, There's something that can happen when you make your attempt to help people. Uh, There's something that happens in that other person's life, and they say, that person's got something. I need it. And it'll change and revolutionize their lives. Exactly. Well, thanks so much, Pastor
0: Wilson. (laughs) Stay right where you are. We'll be back with more of Ministry in Motion right after this break. Welcome back to Ministry in Motion where we're exploring comprehensive evangelism in large cities. Our guest is Pastor Ted Wilson. Pastor Wilson, biblical foundations, is there some verses or some models out of God's Word that inspire you towards comprehensive evangelism in big cities?
2: Well, obviously one particular uh, thought comes to mind uh, when one thinks about cities and having someone sent to a city and that's Jonah. Absolutely. And we know that Jonah resisted uh, the attempt to go to Nineveh because, well, he didn't want to be ridiculed and whatever reasons he had and how God just kept after him even into the belly of a fish, a large fish that God prepared specifically for him. And let me comment, uh, Anthony. I believe in the biblical account, I believe it was a real fish and that Jonah was a real person who got swallowed and mm-hmm. preserved by God for a purpose. Exactly. And that was to go to Nineveh and to share the tremendous message that God had given to him that people needed to turn to love God and not to be against him. And of course, we know the story when the people responded and even the king took the lead and they all humbled themselves before God, then Jonah got upset. You know, we've got to be careful when we take this commission to go into the city and to help people that we always be open to God's leading and be flexible, be adaptable. But you know, probably one of the greatest examples of touched by the need to minister to the people in the cities is when Jesus was approaching Jerusalem mm-hmm. in what is called the triumphal entry and he was riding on that little donkey and people were placing palm fronds before him, putting their garments on the street in front of him singing Hosanna and joyous uh, accolades to Jesus, Jesus knew what was going to happen shortly thereafter and the whole tone would be changed and as he approached that hill and came just in view of Jerusalem and saw the glittering aspects of the temple there and looked at the temple and at the city that was so central to the people mm. of Israel. And I might say I just had the privilege of, of seeing that personally. Yes. It's, it's, a, it's a marvelous thing to think back and be in a place where you can imagine Jesus looking out on that city. Instead of being joyous and happy and caught up with all the excitement of the people who are shouting Hosanna, the Bible says in, in Luke chapter 9 that as he came to, uh, Luke chapter 19 I should say, as Jesus came to, to Jerusalem uh, he, he came near and beheld the city verse 41 and something absolutely amazing it says he wept over it he mm. cried mm. and as we think about our relationship with the people of cities are we willing to weep with Jesus for the people of the cities?
0: You know I think that's the, the vital point Pastor Wilson because it was really the people that Jesus was weeping over in Jerusalem, wasn't it? Exactly. And when we think back to the, the story of Jonah and Nineveh, <clears throat> my recollection of the passages is that God said that he had people in that city. you, you know? And I'm sure it's the same in cities today. Absolutely. That he has people. And in the same way, there were thousands that were soon to be baptized in Jerusalem. And we know that there was vast multitudes that turned to the Lord in Nineveh.
2: Absolutely. These are encouraging stories aren't they? Oh they are yeah. and uh, we're also told that as Jesus ministered to people uh, he touched their lives where they were. Yes, uh, I'm reminded of a beautiful illustration of that from a favorite author of mine Ellen White uh, where she portrays the ministry of Christ in mingling with people one who desired their good who filled their needs and then once he won their confidence then he said follow me mm. and many times we try and do it the other way around uh, railing at somebody or yes. almost demanding you must follow uh, the truth and Christ without helping them to be drawn to a recognition that they need that Christ yes. and then they're, they're more open and willing to accept Uh, that beautiful call of Christ into their lives.
0: Yes. You know, this author that you speak of, Ellen White, she has a lot to say on this, doesn't she? A lot. And she talks about the comprehensive (laughs) approach to this. Absolutely. Of a personal approach, a public
2: approach. Multifaceted, isn't it? Absolutely. In fact, uh, she talks about having centers of influence within the city. That could be a church. It could be a reading room. It could be uh, a health center, a place where l- health lectures are given, uh, could be uh, a school, uh, could be a number of things where people come in contact with others who are on fire for Jesus, yes, yes. then there are to be things outside of the city uh, which are called um, outpost centers or places from which people can work the cities exactly be able to take people out there for lifestyle change, uh, health lifestyle centers, uh, training schools for young people and others who would like to work in the city and a place where people could live or at least visit to again refresh themselves in a more natural setting. Uh, And one of the things that Ellen White indicates and which is so uh, completely compatible with the biblical account of what Jesus did she says the best thing that we can do in these large cities is medical missionary work which essentially is health and community outreach in the name of Jesus helping people with the needs uh, in their specific situations
0: so we're back to this needs point again exactly responding to the needs of the people so as as we've reflected we've seen an example of, of Jonah with Nineveh in the Old Testament Jesus Jerusalem and the other cities available to him in the New Testament. But as the church grew, they, they reached out to other cities as well. I think of the book of Revelation. Absolutely. Of course, it was originally addressed to seven prime cities of antiquity.
2: Exactly. And we
0: think of other New Testament books as well, don't we, like the book of Romans
2: addressed to the people in Rome. Gal- Galatians, Ephesians, Philippians, all of these that were focused upon people within cities. Exactly. Notable cities. Yes. Cities that were involved with commerce and with culture and with expansion and yet places that could uh, provide a base for the Lord's work to happen and then spread in a powerful way, meeting people's needs where they were. Yes, yes.
0: Thanks so much for sharing these insights. We're looking forward to the next module with you. We'll be right back with more of Ministry in Motion. Welcome back to Ministry in Motion, where our topic is comprehensive evangelism, particularly in the big cities. And joining us is our co-host, Derek Morris, and, of course, our guest... Pastor Wilson. Now, there's one question I'm keen to ask you, Pastor Wilson. Yes, we know cities are are big, they're significant, there's a big population that's moving there. The Bible talks about reaching out to those cities. But what about churches
2: in the rural areas? Do we ignore them? Oh, absolutely not. I mean, people live everywhere and we need to reach everyone, you know, from town to town to the last town, from house to house to the last house, from person to person to the last person. We've got to bring them the wonderful love of Jesus. Now, some people in the, in the rural areas might think, well, now, how can I help somebody in a big city? I mean, I'm comfortable where I am. I don't feel like going into a dangerous setting. Uh, how can I really help? And I'm glad people even ask that question because mm-hmm. it shows that they are interested in people. We need to be where people are, mm-hmm. and not just be hermits somewhere hiding from the world. Because how can you be a witness if you're if you're hiding? Uh, I, I heard an interesting allusion uh, just uh, recently. A, a preacher was saying it seems to be that many Christians are in the witness protection program, All right. which means that they really aren't out there witnessing. And uh, the Lord needs to just be filling us with the, the urge to share with other people, whether it's in the rural locations, which is absolutely vital, but it's a different way of approaching things. People are more open, trusting, friendly, or in the cities. People, even in the rural areas, need to feel a burden for people in the cities so they can pray for them. Mm-hmm. They can also Uh, assist through offerings and through activities that uh, will be directed to cities. They can also, once in a while, if they gather their courage together, go into a city in a concerted manner with others to do witnessing. You know, I I, um, remember a little drawn cartoon that I saw, and it said, Uh, at the bottom well you have to get the picture first there are two people kind of seated comfortably kind of on a on a beach and to me it looks like maybe they were on uh, a beach in New Jersey somewhere and in the distance there was this big city and you could see all the buildings and all of that and this one person was saying to the other one you know on a very quiet night I seem to hear the sounds of the city and instead of just the the honking and the noise of the in the background in this little cartoon, there were little voices that were going up, and it was written all around voices saying "Help, help, oh, really? help!" And really, people in the cities do need the help of everyone, including yeah. those in rural areas. Now, here's one example: uh, someone could join a team that goes into a city in order to distribute beautiful Christian literature. Mm-hmm. Literature is one very inexpensive way of touching the hearts of people. Uh, just very recently, I was in New York City and I was in a hotel and had uh, some, a beautiful little book called The Great Hope, mm-hmm. which I provided to a couple people in the hotel. And, you know, at first they kind of look at you like, what are you trying to push on me? But they were actually rather gracious and they accepted it. You can give out literature, even when people refuse it, you can go to the next person. Don't feel afraid to be rebuffed. I was in a city one time, uh, in the great city of Sao Paulo, where we had thousands upon thousands of young people and older members go out throughout that city delivering a book, a small book, to over 4.1 million people in one day. 4.1 million? Exactly. Exactly. There were about 60,000 Seventh-day Adventists who participated in this mass distribution. And you should have seen the happiness on the faces of those young people and older members when they gathered in the center of Sao Paulo to commemorate and to to just thank the Lord for opening the doors. Mm. You can do all kinds of things even if you're from outside of the city, go into the city, meet with churches that have ministries that help those in the city and most of all pray for the people in the cities. Mm-hmm. Thank you. Yeah. You know, I've
1: seen uh, some smaller churches in the country too that uh, can have a media ministry. They can uh, broadcast a uh, live video stream or they can uh, be on a radio program. Uh, so I think there there are we have things that we can share even if we live
2: in a rural setting absolutely that could bless so many more people in fact I'm glad you mentioned the media aspect because the comprehensive approach of trying to reach not only urban areas but suburban and rural has to include a very integrated manner of every kind of personal outreach as well as an integrated media outreach today everybody's connected mm. in some form most mm. people are and uh, the church needs to be very active in doing that, but then never to forget that it is the personal, personal contact contact, contact yes. after that that really makes the difference. Yeah. You know, Pastor, I went to was, high
1: school in a city, uh, Anthony, and and I, I want to reinforce the personal contact because a lot of times people in the city are very suspicious, and they uh, they've they've learned to keep to themselves for safety. Right. Yes. But but just reaching out and. and That personal interest makes a difference.
0: Yes, yes. Now, Pastor Wilson, is there, and we've only got just a few seconds left, but in this limited time, is there a a city that you hold up as as an example of something that could be done, that could be replicated somewhere?
2: Well, there are many cities around the world where Christians and Seventh-day Adventists are working in a powerful way. Uh, I I certainly uh, would point out that New York City is a place that uh, we're told ought to be a symbol as to how the rest of the world can be worked. Uh, We have places in South America, in Inter-America, in in Asia, where people are focusing very directly on how they can interact with people. We're hoping, uh, within the next uh, few months and years, to develop very strong connections in trying to reach those people in the cities. And I invite everyone who's listening to be part of that great effort mm. uh, of mission to the cities, of comprehensive urban evangelism and carrying out a witness such as the Lord would like to see happen. Because a mighty movement, we're told, will result because of that.
0: Amen. Thanks so much, Pastor Wilson. And Derek, thank you for for joining us as well. And we want to particularly thank you for joining us. Ministry in Motion is available every week. Come and visit us on our website as well, ministryinmotion.tv. Send us some feedback. But join us again next time on Ministry in Motion.